Hello again, Pastor Deborah here. Once again, I'm sitting at my door with the beauty of the nature in front of me. The sun is shining, the trees are out, and it's a beautiful day. And we're going to go through more of Isaiah 61. We've been in verse 3, and this is another global teleministry video. I'm going to have some illustrations for you today. You say I'm wearing a crown because that's going to pertain to what we're going to talk on. So let's get started. Isaiah 61. I always like to start this teaching with the very first words of it. That the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Well, we had to figure out what this spirit of the Lord was and who it was upon. We kind of learned that the spirit of the Lord was God himself in a form called the Holy Spirit. This God was having an out-of-body experience for sure. He could be upstairs in the throne room and down here in me. And then we learned that he put it on his own word. So his words carried the spirit of the Lord God. Then he took his words, who had been playing in front of him, singing it, dancing, almost as a son, his offspring deep from within himself. He would breathe in his son. His word would come forth. And then he took that word and he covered it in something called dirt from this earth that had become such a mess. And this word that was anointed and had the spirit of the Lord God on it, we learned later on, was in this young man called Jesus. He even stood up in church and said, This day that you just read that I just read that scripture out of the old it's fulfilled in your hearing. Oh my gosh. Did it not go well for that young man? But it had to be declared. Now I want to tell you a little bit more before we go in to the next part of verse three about what the Spirit of the Lord was on and what it was appointed to do and to bring. So I wanted to take us to another scripture called Isaiah 11, excuse me, 1 through 5. We're going to learn a little bit more about the Spirit of the Lord that was on this young man in his spirit that when you get this spirit of the Lord in your spirit you got the same thing so let's read Isaiah this ancient old prophet test excuse me this ancient prophet of the Old Testament and this is God telling us more about this seed that he had prophesied to this serpent, to this Satan, back in Genesis, in the garden, that a seed would come through a woman. The one you had deceived and bewitched, a seed would come through her, a child. And that seed would crush your head. It would crush your authority and dominion. Oh, you would bruise its heel, which meant you would kill it, but it would crush your head. So Satan had been watching and waiting, looking at every female and every baby that was conceived and born, living in fear and vexation that maybe this child was it. And if he couldn't turn the child and the parents, then he would kill it. And we see it's still going on today. Satan is still fearful. He's not sure who is going to be coming back. So let's read Isaiah 11, 
starting with verse 1. Listen to these words of prophecy. Out of the kingdom of heaven. Out of the very king himself. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. We're talking plants, rods, seeds, roots. God was a parabolic God. He talked in parables, strange languages. He wasn't going to give it clearly away. And he couldn't even tell dirt human mankind what in the world was going to be. Because they didn't believe in the spirit. But they did. We see that in ancient Egypt where they believed in gods and goddesses. But this God was a different kind of God. He talked in what you call parabolic language. So he was speaking and telling. But you didn't quite get it. Verse 2. And this branch coming out of this rod, coming out of this stem of Jesse, which meant coming out of the seed, coming out of the lineage of Jesse, which probably goes way on back, probably back to one of the three sons of Noah, probably Shem, back to Adam himself. Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest be upon him. That was different. Up until this time, the Spirit of the Lord could not rest. It could come on, lift off, but it couldn't rest. Because fallen man's spirit was not ready yet it was still defiled still considered a traitor but this spirit of the Lord was going to rest and be upon the seed of Jesse and what was going to be in that spirit of the Lord the spirit of wisdom and understanding wasn't man wise and understood things? Well, yes. He understood earthly things, but he had no knowledge of spiritual, deep, hidden message of light and truth. Remember, at this time, all of humanity is sunk down in the mud of the flesh. It's darkened. It's dead to God and God's words. It doesn't understand nothing. So he has to talk in these strange language to them. And they still didn't get it. And this spirit of the Lord that was going to rest on this stem, this root of Jesse, was going to be a spirit of counsel and might. That means it was going to have wisdom and direction and guidance. It was going to be strong and powerful. And it was going to have with it also the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord God. Now I want to show you what that would look like resting on whoever this was going to be, which we discovered in Isaiah, heard more about it, and then in the Gospels, who it was on, but nobody believed it. Let me get my illustration for you. Some kind of anointing was going to be poured. Was going to be upon, perfumed with oil running on it, anointed and ordained. And here's what it was going to look like. Gotta get my illustrations here. So this stem of Jesse, who is going to have these spirits inside the spirit of the Lord, was going to look like this. It was going to be bright and filled with colors. It was going to have a light in it. 
this word. Whoever this person was that was going to be carrying this was going to have this light in it. The different spirits, the seven spirits of the Lord was going to be resting, was going to be upon this root, the stem of Jesse. Remember, he's not going to tell us he's a wise God, wise king. He's not going to, excuse me. He's not going to tell everybody the truth and going to hide it. Let's keep going. And this spirit of the Lord that was going to rest on this stem of Jesse, this seed that was prophesied to come, shall make this seed of quick, fast, alive, understanding, in the fear, the respect, and the honor of the Lord. It would be alive unto God. It would have respect and honor. And it would praise and it would obey the Lord. And he, oops, it's a he, shall not judge after the sight of his earthly eyes. So he wasn't going to look at man's physical sicknesses, physical poverty, the physical condition of the governments. He wasn't going to look at that and judge what was going on spiritually. Neither was he going to rebuke or reprove after the hearing of his ears, his earthly ears. He was going to use another set of eyes another set of ears his spiritual eyes and his spiritual ears through these spirits and this one spirit but instead of judging and looking assessing and understanding what is going on spiritually he wouldn't look with his earthly temporal eyes he would use the mind that was given to him that was anointed with that oil with all the spirit of the Lord and with righteousness with his right standing his connectiveness with the kingdom of heaven that he had was alive to through this spirit of the Lord shall he judge the poor. Now a lot of people interpret that to mean the physically poor, the mentally poor, ones who have no money. But that's not what it meant. We learn in another scripture that these words to us right here are spirit and their life. If you hear a dog barking or people hollering, my husband is having a guest over and they're going to watch an old hockey game. They love hockey so you might hear the dog Bailey barking. He's excited to have company. So if you hear it, please forgive me. I'm trying to record upstairs. They're trying to stay isolated. Watch hockey. Have fun. And the dog is happy. So it meant the spiritually poor. Poor for in what ways? Poor in truth spiritual truth poor in joy not happiness happiness was of the soul and it could come and go and be fleeting and change be taken away from you it would be they were poor in this everlasting joy poor they did not have the crown on anymore they were not kings they had no beautiful color, covering a white robe they were not back in the family they were sick and diseased spiritually and he would reprove them. That means he would judge them and their situation with the love of God, with equity. He would not say, oh, you are better than this person. He would not look at their earthly status of wealth versus no wealth. He didn't do that. He looked at their all of their spirits. And at this time, all of humanity was dead. 
to this living God who gave his spirit of the Lord. And he shall smite. That means he will strike the earth. Well, that meant the earth itself. He will strike the flesh and the bone. He will strike the earth, the physical body. With the rod of his mouth. The rod of his mouth meant with his words. The words were a rod. We see that in a shepherd, a staff. He would use that to fight off the enemy, the bears and the lions from the sheep. His words were a powerful rod. His living words of spirit and truth that were anointed with the spirit of God. He would speak and it would judge the flesh. And it would speak into the earth and it would bring judgment. And with the very breath of his lips out of his words and his lips he would slay the wicked well who were the wicked the demonics hell death the grave sin perverseness evilness anything that was not of the kingdom of heaven in the likeness and the image of the God he was going after concepts, precepts, and principles, and ideas, and culture. He was going deep into the spirit of the flesh. He was going after that stuff. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life in the earth, in the soul, and the physical body. He was going to strike it with his words of spirit. And righteousness, his right standing, his connectiveness to the kingdom of heaven, his obedience to the king, his father, would be his strong girdle. What he stood on, what gave him strength when he had to go to die, when he had to pour out his life for others to live. And his faithfulness to his father, to his mother, to the kingdom of heaven would be the girdle, the strength that guided him, that led him here or there, that spoke, that when it got tough, they say, keep going, son, one more step. So we're learning from there more about this spirit of the Lord that we hear about in Isaiah 61. Now that gives you a little background now into this part of verse 3. And it says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Remember it's the word, this seed. It's also upon Pastor Deborah's spirit because Pastor Deborah is one with this spirit as Christ Jesus was. I'm not the spirit of the Lord. My spirit is one with it. So my spirit is under this anointing. Has been oiled with this spirit. It's perfumed with it. It's hidden away in it. This is my little illustration. I am one with the Spirit of the Lord, just as the Word was, because I have grown into it. There is no separation. So when I'm speaking, the Father Himself, the Spirit of the Lord, is talking to you. He's here. He's doing His work through me. He's even waving at you. I see my children out there. I see you sitting out there. I have come into your darkness. I'm traveling with Pastor Deborah. And I've brought good news to you. Glad tidings. That's him. Because mm-hmm. he and I work together. Sometimes he likes to talk personally. He likes to look through my eyes at you. He can see you sitting out there. Sleeping. In your trances. He's talking. You can hear him. 
Him and I are traveling together. Two are one. So what in verse 3, he goes on to tell us that the Spirit of the Lord was upon something. Upon Pastor Deborah, the words, the words that I speak, for they are words of spirit and life to the spirit. We're going past the flesh, past the dirt. And this word was appointed to give something to you, little ones, to my children who I've lost, who are trapped in the muck and the myrrh of the flesh and the darkness and ignorance. I have come bringing my spirit of the Lord God with its seven spirits to give you oil of joy for your morning. We're going to stop it right there. And we're going to talk about oil of joy. I went and looked up the word. The word oil is uh, in this scripture is a Hebrew word. 80, 81. And what it means is to shine. To make oily. To become wax. To feel fat and full. Grease. It's a liquid. It's from olives. It's perfumed. It's rich. Richness. It's an anointing. It's fruitful. It's an ointment. So the Spirit of the Lord God was upon the Word in Pastor Deborah. Pastor Deborah became anointed with this Spirit of the Lord God. Why? She had work to do. Her spirit did. Tell you how that happened. It was in a praise and worship. And the pastor was talking on the blessings of Abraham. Now he was talking about financial blessings. Sheep, and cattle, and gold. But God meant something else. So we were all asked to raise our hands. To receive this blessing of Abraham. So I go, okay. And I hear the Heavenly Father said, I am putting a blessing on you, an oil, an anointing on you that will be seen, shine in the darkness. It will draw people to you so they can talk with you and then you can speak to them. I don't think this was the kind of blessing the pastor was talking about, but I go... Okay, I was very compliant with the Holy Spirit. And then the pastor said, let's get a double portion of it. I go, okay, up I go. I got a double portion. And ever since then, my spirit has been anointed with this spirit of the Lord. With the seven spirits of God we just read about. And my voice became words of spirit. In life, it became to travel with the Spirit of the Lord Himself. There are times when the big guy comes through me and He speaks through my spirit. And I just kind of, okay, we're one. You bought it, it's yours. So, what happened was I got this anointing, this oil of joy. Now, what did that mean? Well, let's see what the word joy meant. Joy meant cheerfulness. It meant welcome. Gladness. It meant myrrh, which was for healing. To be bright. To be glad. Now, there are two kinds of joy, but really only one. Out of our soul comes happiness. And it can fluctuate. It can come and it can go. It won't hold under great stress. But joy is something different. I'll tell you the story how I learned this. Candy, who was brought to me as a satanic, multiple generational high queen. Uh, How it happened was, I think I've told the story in other videos. 
is I had been known in this church to work with the occult witchcraft people who serve Satan secretively. So I got four phone calls from people at church. This one lady called and said that this Bible school teacher and her children were in a park. And they met this lady. And their children had lost their socks. And so they got talking. And this lady who's daughter had lost her socks said she was a Satanist, the church of Satan. She was proud of it. Well, this young Bible student wanted to get her saved, but she was afraid. So she went back, called her spiritual advisor at the Bible school, and he advised her, don't you call her on the phone. She'll get your phone number, and her friends play for keeps. Didn't we play for keeps? So I got the phone number. I called her up, and I asked her, I said, uh, I understand you're a Satan. She goes, oh, yeah, she was very proud. Because it was okay to be in the Church of Satan. It was a legal religion here on, in America. And you could say that without any suspicion of anything. And I said, I understand you met this lady. And she said, yes, yeah. so tell me. Well, I saw something in her eyes that I did not have. And I go, what was that? She said, it was some kind of joy. And I didn't have it. The joy in this Bible studies uh, student's eyes was shining out, gleaming and glistening. And this Satan said, I had happiness. But that could be taken away. They could take that away. But this joy, I knew I did not have. I said, okay, well, would you like the joy? She said, yes. I said, I know somebody who has it. Would you like to meet him? Yes. So I introduced her to Christ Jesus. She accepted this gift of joy into her spirit. She didn't know what it was, but she knew it was not happiness. She knew it was different. And she knew that they could not take it away from her. She got it. Changed her life. And something happened inside of her. I just cut it off by mistake. But I'm back. Inside of her heart, the doves of peace came in. Can you see that? Life started blooming again. The heart started shimmering and shining. Fruit started coming back. Glitter and shining started happening. Love was being planted. And it was already blooming. Her heart had the peace and love and joy that this giver, this Jesus, she had not known. And this is what her heart looked like. It was already blooming. And from that condition... Her spirit, I'll show you again, lit up. The spirit of the Lord God was in her with the seven spirits. They were in small, tiny form. They were deep in the seeds of joy. The kingdom of heaven had come back to her. That had lasted a long time ago. But she was beginning. And from this place, her and I became, she, she was adopted, her, I adopt her spiritually. The next day I went over and led her three children to the Lord. They all became my spiritual children and it began. Three and four years on the phone every night. She did invite me over for Thanksgiving and dinners and I said, Sweetie, I'm not in your life to do that. I'm not a normal pastor I'm here to do great deliverance work she had multiple personalities God had to talk to me every day about her she was never forthcoming with about her life just a little bit about her father who was a high in the church of Satan and he got bit by a spider and died of leukemia and he had tried to get out 
And she did tell me that the plan was she was on like a year sabbatical. Met her on October 31st, about six months into it. At the end of her sabbatical, her three children would be taken back into deep into Satanism, horribly abused, disassociative, and they would never remember Candy as their mama. Candy would marry a high king. They would begin the line of children that one day this powerful physical body and spirit of the Antichrist that Satan could invade just like Christ Jesus came inside with the spirit of the Lord. Because remember Satan was going to have the same thing. He's had the patterns. He's going to have everything that this great high king had. He was going to have his Christ on earth. It was just going to be an antichrist. And Candy said in the number one position of this 13 family, she had more Jewish blood in her. I didn't know that when I met her. But when that oil of joy and gladness and richness, her spirit changed. Ooh, the very ne- that very night, Friday night, I went to church and told this spiritual advisor, it's done, she's my child, she's saved. Then I ran into this lady who ran into her in the park. She came, I'm so sorry. I really wanted to call her, but I was afraid. My husband was out of town, and I got two and three. I said, who are you trusting to protect you, your biological husband who didn't save you or die for you, or God the Most High? She failed the test. I didn't. She walked off with her head hung down low. Can't trust her or her spiritual advisor in battle. Tests come upon all of us and either pass or fail. I knew I was called to work with these kind of people because I had prayed. I knew they were the most spiritually, emotionally abused and deep in the darkest spiritual prisons than most of humanity and it would take the power of God that was seen in the Old Testament power I had not even seen to free them and help them it would require my faith to grow and my trust in this God to be more than it could ever normal Christian could be I had to trust him for my life and my family I had to ask for angels I'll tell you some stories I used to rescue people from caves and dungeons over in Europe and Russia deep in China I didn't know where they were but God knew I had some powerful boys that were my children I sent and prayed for angels to show up and airplanes to show up I called the story angel planes I hadn't got it up yet these angels would fly these planes into they were off radar and they would come into lands and they would rescue physically and spiritually people trapped in multi-generational Satan I was going undercover special ops getting those that had been human trafficked that were in bondage I was silent nobody knew what I was doing the angels would fly the planes they would land my boys who were packing heat they always showed up we rescued children and mothers and little boys anyone who wanted to be free they got on the airplanes and they took off there were teddy bears and comforters and food waiting for them where were they going it wasn't my business that was God's business and when wherever they were taken then the angels in the planes disappeared why wasn't that on the radar when you're dealing with God the most high a special ops you ain't going to see it and know about it I had to go undercover spiritually to get this oil of joy to people's lives I had to carry it. I had to have faith. I had to learn about these seven spirits of the Spirit of the Lord. I was a rescuer. I had to be tough. 
My prayers had to be right on target. They had to be answered. I had to have faith. I had to ask God for things I had never even seen. But I had to believe that there was nothing impossible for this God of the Spirit of the Lord to do for these precious little ones in multi-generational Satanism. I had to go to satanic meetings spiritually. I had to have faith. I had to know that he wanted to give them this oil, this anointing of the joy that they could never lose, that Candy found. I knew they were spiritually mourning. They were grieving. They were in pain. They had lost all hope. I used to hear them crying, seeing their hands. I'd have these visions all the time. I'd walk into Walmart in the parking lot, and a vision would come, and I would hear screams. And I'd see hands reaching up. Help me, help me, I'm here, I'm alive, please help me. The flames and the smell were horrible. And I'd see a demonic claw grab that hand and bring it down. I'd hear whimpering, help, I'm alive, please help me. And I would start crying, God, please send somebody. Help them, please. Send somebody. And he always says, I'm going to send you. I go, no, I'm not qualified. I don't know where they are. I don't have anything. Send somebody, an evangelist, a pastor, somebody that's got some money or something, but not me. But God, send somebody to help them. I could hear their moaning and their crying. I could see their torment and vexing. They were alive. They wanted help. And every time I started crying, I would hear, I'm sending you. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know anything. I just knew I was hurting because they were hurting spiritually. Oh, they were regular people all around the world. They had physical bodies. They were government leaders. They were crown princes. They were kings. They were children in pornography, human traffic. They were your local policemen, their firemen. They were your sheriffs. They were your dentists, your veterinarians. They were your school teachers. They were the drug cartels. They were everybody, Hollywood actresses and actors. They were everybody and nobody. They were the ISIS, the Taliban, the Burkas. They were the Hindus and the Buddhists and the Catholic priests and the children who had been abused. They were the prisoners in jails. They were everybody. I cried more than I did anything else, but I knew there was an oil of joy if I could get it to. I had to be trained. I had to learn. I had to study the Spirit of the Lord. I had to study what He had. I had to see his heart for these people. I had to believe that there was nothing impossible that I could ask him to do. That he would not do for them. To get this joy of gladness to them. But I saw that the only way was you had to have this spirit of the Lord resting on you. You had to have those seven spirits in your life. You had to be one. With this spirit of the Lord. You had to cease to almost exist. And you had to become one. Completely immersed. My spirit had to grow and develop. I knew what God wanted to do. He was telling me in Isaiah 61. He appointed this spirit of the Lord to do things. And in this section it was to give unto them who are mourning. This oil, this anointing, this shine and shimmering glory, the crown that they had lost back on their heads. The joy of being a king, the joy of being back in the kingdom, the homeland, the joy of being reconnected to your father and mother 
and the joy of being birthed out of these ashes of your life and the flesh. This joy was beautiful. It was what was being restored. It glittered as a crown. He wanted to put the crown back on our heads. He wanted to take their mourning clothes, their ashes, clean them and rinse them and put white robes righteousness on them I didn't know how to do it but I knew his heart I knew what he wanted to do so I had to study him this Isaiah 61 gave me my purpose my foundation it told me why this Christ Jesus came what he was talking to us about And when Christ Jesus comes out, he says, Repent, or the kingdom of heaven is here. What? That doesn't, that didn't fit with what I was in. I kept hearing, come and join the church. Become a member of the denomination. Get saved. Saved from what? What was the kingdom that this young Rabbi was declaring was back. He was demonstrating to us not only the kingdom's power, but the king that we were to become, that we were supposed to be. It had power over demonic spirits. It had power to spit into dirt and make new eyes. It had power to make the lame walk. It had power to forgive sins. It had power against death itself and the grave. We saw that with Lazarus. He was demonstrating who we were. And he was joyful. He wanted us to have that joy back. We had lost our identity. We were stuck in the mud and the dirt and the ignorance. Oh, we believed in gods and religion and culture. But we didn't know anything about the kingdom. We didn't know what a king was except an earthly king. We had no idea what the spiritual oil of joy was. It wasn't happiness. You couldn't find it in wine or drugs or sex. But a lot of people try to find that joy physically. And all they find is happiness. Our biological body will produce cortisol and we'll feel good serotonin dopamine oh boy we'll feel good we think that's the joy we're looking for but it doesn't last can't hold so we need another hit another hit another hit it doesn't matter if you're playing bingo and you win the happiness is so powerful and the chemicals go off you got to win again or the joy when you buy a purse or shoes or clothes or your taste buds they enjoy the sugar or your body enjoys the peace of the alcohol or the drugs the soul is looking for joy and peace but all it has to use are the five senses and the biological body but this joy of gladness this oil of joy for someone's mourning was a spiritual joy it could never lose it. Candy knew that. That it could never be taken away. It would transcend even death. We saw that when this young man was on the cross. He took the pain, paid the price, because he knew there was a joy on the other side for all of humanity if he could hold and his love for his father Whose love for humanity would hold him? God himself was on the cross. He put his heart there. And it had to hold. And it had to die and go into hell and be punished. Even though it was innocent. But his love to bring this joy, this oil, this anointing. That would transcend everything. And was for all humanity. It would hold No matter what, through the shame and the dishonor, 
it would hold. It would supersede even human shame and dishonor and being stripped and beaten, hung naked on a cross. He had a joy that lasted. He knew what was coming. A crown would come back. The kingdom would be returned to the earth and to humanity. This oil of joy he carried, this glistening, gleaming, forever eternal joy was with the Spirit of the Lord. It was a free gift. And it had come back. And we're told in Isaiah, it's coming. Someone's carrying it, a word's carrying it. And I learned, I had learned how to carry it myself. I learned how to give this in a gift. To reach out my hand. And let the Spirit of the Lord touch. I had to learn that this was an eternal gift. It was for those that were mourning and screaming in torture and prison cells. And it would transcend all death. And a demon couldn't touch it, take it, steal it. It wasn't going anywhere. And I learned how to have the voice and how to offer it. And if you would like to have right now, if you're under my voice, if you're sitting out there, I used to have one guy named Orion. He would hang out in Perdido Bay, standing in the water. Or, and I would tell him if you would just get in the bushes, I'm walking and make it, I'll talk to you. I wasn't afraid of the human spirits. I just had a powerful encounter with one of the most powerful, most richest men in the world yesterday. He wanted what I just talked about. He wanted this beauty. His life spiritually was ashes. And I told him, go help a few people. I see everybody sitting out there. I see in your trances. I see in the trees. They did that for Jesus. They hung out in trees. But by the side of the road, this young man would go to the sinner's place where they lived in their houses. It didn't bother him. It does not bother me to come to you where we are. I will sit in the dungeons with you. I will sit in the darkness with you. I carry in my words this oil of joy. Just like Candy, she wanted it. And you may have it also. I can bring it to you and plant it in your heart. Will burst forth in life and newness and the doves of peace will come in. Life will come back. Hearts and joy will be planted. You will be glistening the crown of the kingdom will go back on your heart. If you want the oil of joy, here, I pour it on you. Father, let this oil of joy come upon them that want it. Let it glisten in their spirit and on their spirit for their mourning. Pour it out freely, Lord, as you did in candy. It is here. It is a free gift. You don't have to do anything. It's all been paid for. It carries the myrrh and the alloys, the healing, the oil of joy. And you will take it with you when you die. It will transcend death. It will help you through all of the physical problems and pains going through death itself. For you will know you are not alone. I just had this young man who's been my son for a long time. He's dying. He may already be passed on. He asked me if he could go. I said yes. But he wanted someone who he considered his father to go with him. 
show him the way. And he will, or he did. There's a lot going on in the spirit that you don't know about, but I do. I see you out there. The oil of joy is here. Excuse me. If you want it, Father, pour it on them. Let it anoint their spirits. And as you anoint them and reclaim them, Ordain them to be your children and your kings. Set the crown on their head. Let their spirits once again be gardens of your love and beauty. Begin to blossom and be filled with your living water. Father, this is your work. They are sitting out there. I see them everywhere. Father, rain down the oil of joy for their morning. Deny Satan what he wants. Let these little ones know that they have not been forgotten and they can regain their crown. They can regain dignity and honor. They can throw off the ashes of shame and dishonor and they can be cleaned and they can carry this oil this anointing this shining of joy forever it's a free gift if you want it just say in your heart I want it just like candy and it's done Father fulfill your words of Isaiah 61 in their hearts And bring the spirit of the Lord God. That was appointed to give unto them. The oil of joy. For their mourning. Amen. Welcome. It's a good feeling. You'll kind of have a little smile. Great poem to read. Called Who I Was. Near the end when I talk to this one in his trance. You'll know you're clean. You'll go back in your trance with your crown on. You'll have a smile on. You'll look at your body and it'll be glistening with myrrh and alloy. You'll have a fragrance to you now that will make the demons pissed off. They don't like that smell. They know what it means. Enjoy and be happy. This is Pastor Deborah. And this has been another global tele-ministry video. Love always and forever. Pastor Deb.